Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Fast Sensor and Takeoff. It is November 19th, 2020. I am Chris Walton. I'm Ann Mazinga. And I am Emma the Intern. And that intro was corny because, hey, that's what we do at OmniTalk. Today, we're going to talk TGX getting into e-commerce, Target and Walmart's big earnings reports, Instagram's new redesign, another big get for Instacart, and Simon Properties helping to facilitate customer returns. Other big news this week, Amazon announced that it's getting into the pharmacy business. We're not going to cover that this week because we think these other topics are cooler. Believe it or not, we really do, but we are going to pay some pretty close attention to it. And as we learn more, we will continue to keep you updated. But my big question to start us off before we get to the headlines is, and Emma the intern, I think there could be some signs of hope. I mean, are we starting to turn the corner here in 2020? We've got news about vaccines, Minnesota shutting down, but we've got vaccines. Olivia Wilde is now back on the market. Like, Unbelievable. It's like a a new hope for me. I'm excited. There is things to look around the corner for. Am I crazy? No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that that's a a running theme, at least it was for me as I was researching the stories for for our Fast Five today. I'm thinking post-pandemic. I got to go beyond right now and start to look for the light at the end of this very, very long tunnel. Emma, what about you? Totally agree. I am very much focusing on the light on the tunnel, no matter how long it is. Yeah, and we've got some big OmniTalk news this week too. I think that's another reason I'm excited is because we have something to tell our loyal listeners. You guys are going to hear this a few days before. We're going to announce it officially on Monday, but you guys are now in the know and, and you've done so much work on this. So I think it is only right that you tell everyone what it is that we've, we've been working on here together, really the three of us and more for the last you know six to eight months. Yeah, we uh, at Amitak really wanted to find a way to not just be talking about uh, retail and the future of retail, but actually use everything that we've learned to help our community within the Twin Cities. And so we have built a website called Urban Rooster Shop. And at Urban Rooster, we've collected all of the products from 11 local retailers so everybody can shop safely from their houses and support all their local businesses on one website. We've also partnered with some really incredible influencers locally who have designed their own shops of product from these local retailers uh, who you'll be able to shop as well. So it's it's our way to try to help support small businesses and retailers in our community. And we really hope that um, you can go there, go to urbanroostershop.com, check it out. And um, there's more to come on that too. So stay tuned. Yeah, the official announcement is going to come out on Monday, but this is just really for us phase one. Really, like Ann said, it's us eating what we cook, which we firmly believe in and continue to eat what we cook as real retailers trying to do retail Phase one is Minneapolis. We hope to take it to more cities soon. Check it out. Check it out. Let us know your feedback. We want to get better too, but we are excited to share it with you guys, our loyal listeners, first before everyone else. And where can they go again to check it out? Go to urbanroostershop.com and shop local. Support your local businesses this holiday. They need you more than ever. Okay, Chris, take us to the stories. I've got the first story today. And this, this story is cool, especially in light of what we've talked about in the past. But according to Retail Dive, in a performance that topped analyst expectations, off-price retailer TJX on Wednesday said that its third quarter sales only fell 3.2% over the prior year, while their store comps fell 5%. But here's the story. In even bigger news, the 
company also announced that it will roll out e-commerce for home goods later in the year because home goods store comps actually rose 15%. And should TJX have egg on its face for now getting into e-commerce and saying it will do so publicly? I mean, they're definitely singing a different tune than they were in Q2, right? Like he was vehemently against going online, like more than anybody we've ever seen, I think. I think yeah, didn't we call sh- him out for arrogance? <laughs> it was I feel pretty. Like we did. It was. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty uh, powerful statement. We'll say, especially when everybody was going online and the stores were starting to have very strict restrictions. But I think what this shows us ultimately is that you just you cannot be reliant on one channel anymore. I mean, unless you're like somebody that's doing a flea market or a farmer's market or something, and even that those types of industries and categories are going online now, I think you have to be thinking about what your online experience is going to be and what your offline is going to be and how your customer is going to want flexibility between both of those options, especially in the home category. Now, for me, I think the biggest question that I have here is what is this online experience going to be like? Because they are 100%. light years behind everybody else in a category that we, you know, we've been talking about peer ones online. Now we have Wayfair now that's your go-to you have Target and Walmart and all these other places that have similar items. So what is what is the conversion going to be like? Similar items, not necessarily. Well, let's talk about that more. I don't know if sure. I totally agree on that. And there's an important nuance there, I think. But Emma, like, what do you think? Like, is this cool? Like, do you think, are you kind of like, ha ha, I told you so. Like, we were worried about it. Although I wasn't as worried about it. I thought maybe it was a good idea. I remember like people like Jason Goldberg were like, this is dumb when they were making these announcements to them, Burlington, everybody else. But like, what, what do you think here, Emma? I think it's actually pretty cool, but for the reason that it's one of the only things I can remember actually like making a certain prediction on and being right. So I remember <laughs> I personally like roasted them back when they said they weren't going online and now they are. I definitely think you brought up the good points of it's going to be really hard to compete with Target and Wayfair and Walmart just because they have these like they have the home goods section so like perfectly worked out. So I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen, but I will say I would I would browse the Home Goods website and I would not go into a Home Goods store during a pandemic. So yeah, that's, that's and something. I, and I think to Anne's point too, I think it's important to like kind of divorce the pandemic from this, but I but it's hard to do that too. But like I think there's some things that that the pandemic has shown that I think I missed in the beginning too in the conversation about should they do e-commerce. And I think what my mind went to was should they do e-commerce in the traditional way where it's all about shipping. And I think what the pandemic has shown us is that it's actually not about that. The digital is so much more than that. Digital is about an interaction point. And to me, what you guys are hitting on, it's more about accessibility. And so I think if I post you, and the point about that I want to make too, the product is different from what you get at a Target. Remember, I ran home furnishings for e-commerce for Target. Like the product here is different. It's about the fine. It's about the unexpected. You know, it's the things the manufacturers want to get rid of that they can't sell through those normal channels, right? So it's, it's always changing and it's always dynamic. But I think if you think about digital, and that's why yeah, you're right, like how they do this is going to matter. But if you said, if I could wake up on a Saturday, if I'm a home goods shopper and I could wake up on a Saturday, see what's in my local store, all those cool finds, those treasure hunts, and then be able to reserve them online for pickup, I think people would totally do that. I think that's cool. That's different. And that's not shipping. And that's not super expensive for you either. So we'll see where they take this. But 
that got me thinking this morning about, oh my God, there's a lot of other retailers that could do this. And that's a lesson coming out of the pandemic. It's not shipping. It's about accessibility, giving your consumers what you want. And you're shaking your head. What are you? Yeah, I mean, like I, think that, yes. I think that you just opened up a new opportunity for me, but I am also still very, very concerned about whether or not that's going to be something that people are going to be able to do with this site. Like, can you, do we know for a fact that they'll be able to see exactly what's in, you know, my right. five surrounding stores? When we think about the complexity, they've never, they, until a qu- one quarter ago, they were saying that they're not going to focus on this. And this is yeah. a hell of a lot of product to, to tag, to like make sure it's showing up correctly, to make sure it's showing up in the right places. And right. then thinking about the shipping mm-hmm. dynamics of, is it, is it all going to ship from your local store? Can you pick it up? Like if that can be executed, brilliant move, TJX. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it can be. I, I know it's day one and I always get criti- criticized for this, so I'll give it some time. But I think that's the dream, picking it up and seeing what's available in your local store. I just don't think that when people go to the home goods site, the, the search that they're used to seeing on other home furnishings sites is so much better because it's, they've had the time to learn how customers are shopping. And so that hunt, I think, translated into a, an experience online is going to be a very challenging one for a company that is just coming online. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the Wayfair analogy or Target or Walmart analogy, it's, it's a different funnel, right? Like you're coming into it in a different mindset than you would be when you're shopping traditional home furnishings. It's almost like you said, like the treasure hunt. I think that's what's unique to me about this is it's almost like you, we've talked a lot about how off price is hard to do online. But if you start combining the aspects of like order, pick up your local store, the treasure hunt, get it while it's hot. Maybe there's a new way to do this. Now, are they For doing sure. that? I, I don't know, but it gets gets me excited. I don't know. Emma, are you as yeah. excited as I am? Like, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed. Probably not as excited as you, but just a little That's, excited. Not, not possible, just, Chris. Yeah, it's hard to get past an 11, right? I'm, I'm kind of an 11 on this. I think this is, this is cool. I think it has implications for like the apparel retailers that are in this business too. Like, you know, people line up at those stores to get in there, you know, on certain days. Like if you could create that kind of fever phenomenon ahead of time. All right. I've beaten the dead horse. I can hear it neighing in the background. (laughs) I've got something for you to get excited about. And that is the numbers that just came out of Target and Walmart. Target just reported that they made over $1 billion in Q3, which is a 46% year-over-year spike in their third quarter profits. They attribute most of this to increased growth in digital sales and same-day services. Holy cow, that's astronomical. Also, we saw from Walmart that their e-commerce sales also grew 79%, strong results across all channels, and helped boost same-store sales and profit margins. Guys... We talked about this at the beginning. I'm going post-pandemic what's happening here because I think that while these numbers are banner numbers for both companies, this is great. They're all executing really well on the one-stop shop during a pandemic. How much of this is going to stick and how much of this is going to change as the pandemic ends, we have a vaccine and behaviors start to shift? Curious your thoughts. Chris, why don't you start? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean... First of all, these numbers are just, I mean, they're redonkulous. Like, Bananas. I, like I, I'm looking out my window now and I almost want to see like a pack of like 10 donkeys just run by me because like you just can't even believe how Is insane. Is that a play on redonkulous? It was. Yeah, it was a play. Ooh. Yeah. Literal, literal donkeys running through my window. But 
you know, the numbers are ridiculous and kudos to both companies for just being able to pull this off to the degree that they have. I mean, it's, it's really crazy. I looked at target stock price. I just cannot believe how insanely high it is now relative to where it was like two or three years ago. But I don't know. I think you hit on it. And I mean, the takeaways for me on these, on the stories this week, and I think these, it is important, very important, probably the most important story we're going to do. It tells me one same day when you start talking about grocery really matters. We've seen a lot of research on that. And I think you can tell that's why Amazon is going into physical retail, but same day matters. And that can't always be done through shipping. Like we talked about again, it's about availability and Walmart and target are well positioned for that. But the other element, the second, you know, tier of it is the one-stop shop. And so under COVID, it's showing just how important that is because you're not going to want to go spend a lot of time in different places. You don't have the time to spend in a lot of places. And I think those two factors, the one-stop shop, the same day the same day availability across all the different fulfillment types, that's not going anywhere. So you talked about, you know, what's going to change after COVID. I think that's still here to stay. So these two are really, I think, still very well positioned for the long haul when you look at the landscape. The only question I have is, what does it mean for the in-store experience, right? Like, how is the in-store experiencing experience changing digitally, and what else is to come there? You know, as you start talking about computer vision, scan and go, checkout free. You know, Walmart's been you know ahead on some of those angles, relatively speaking, to Target, and you know that there's still a space for somebody to come in there and do something, you know, around like the one-stop shop reimagination. We're gonna probably get to that on the digital side a little bit here, but you know, that's the one thing, but I think, you know, God, that's going to take years and these guys are incredibly well positioned. Emma, what about you? Are you, are you all in forever and always on the uh, same day pickup and online versions from uh, Walmart and Target? I think I personally am going to be on that boat for the rest of my life, but I don't see like, I definitely think that those numbers are going to drop off once people really feel safe going back into a store. I think I'm like the minority in that. What, what if anything, is getting you inside a Target or Walmart now or end past, post-pandemic? A lot of times Target's, I haven't shopped at Walmart in forever, but a lot of times Target's fridges are full, so you can't get any like fresh produce or anything cold. So that's the only thing that gets me to actually go for in pick the up, store. For same-day pickup, for you pick mean? Up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which we have to believe will improve over time, I would imagine, as you know, they're seeing this increase. We've even seen it, I think, in some of our local stores here, just how they've continued to improve the process. I think the other Yeah, I think the other angle here too, Anne, is like I'm still I'm even shorter on malls. We're gonna touch on this on the end, but like I you know, I think the other thing too is you start talking about the one stop shop, same day availability, different fulfillment types again, with malls going away and those not being as needed for people, where do those, where do the brands that are inside those malls go? Where do they get their points of distribution? Where, you know, what channels do they start to take advantage of? And you have to think, I mean, Ulta may be the first kind of indication of this last week, you know, just to see more of that. So I don't know. It feels like the beachhead is, is really, really strong. Yeah. I mean, we've even talked about this, Chris, with a listener, Dana, about like, what is the definition of a department store anymore? I mean, it used to be the one-stop shop for apparel, for home goods, for all these things. And now you're starting to see, like, to your point, I think Walmart and Target starting to fill those gaps and at a price point that's not, you know, so crazy and attainable for people, especially when people are spending, have money to spend right now in very limited places, not entertainment, not dining, like all of their spending 
is and can happening. They're treating themselves in these types of places. Yeah. And I think that's, and we'll get to this, I think in story four, but like, yeah, the, you know, over the next, I'd say three to five years, you know, what is the digital manifestation of the one stop shop and where do we go? Do we still by default go to a target or a Walmart? Like everyone in the pandemic is seemingly doing right now, or is there someplace else we go, but we'll get to that in a second. Emma, you're up next. All right. So Instagram has redesigned its home screen for the first time in years. What they've done is that they've added a reels and a shop tab to the home screen down where you used to have your likes tab and your create tab to post things. And those, your likes tab and your create tab have moved up to the top right corner. So I like this a lot. You do? I think. Oh, I thought you were going to hate on this. Okay. You like it a lot. You got to let me like finish the statement though. Okay. So I like it. <laughs> All right. I like it a lot because. I use Instagram primarily to discover brands and products. Like it has become the shopping app for me. However, my social circles on social media who are not in the retail world, I have not seen a single positive comment on this. People hate this. Really? So, what do they say? That is pushing capitalism. It's an app meant for sharing like your life. It's not, you're not supposed to be like forcing the purchasing on people. Everything's about spending money, etc. So I like it just because that's what I was already using Instagram for. But yeah, yeah, the the other Gen Zers do not seem to like this at all. So you do like it, but you introduced the caveat for all the friends on social media that are pissed off because they're yeah, Emma, Emma wants no mail about her disapproval of that yes. part. <laughs> yeah, right? Everyone listening is not like, Emma, you sold out. But, no Anne, hate mail. Oh, yeah, right? Uh, Anne, do you like this? Well, we I think- a little bit about last week. Yeah, I think Emma hit on one major thing, and that is discovery has officially moved into the digital realm, and Instagram and Facebook shops own that. Um, I I think there are definitely some negatives. We'll hear those, but I mean, you don't need to go anywhere else anymore, and you also don't need to follow or participate in the shops. It's still the it still can be the platform yeah. that you want it to be. If you just want it to be for discovery, that's fine. But if you want it to be for shopping, for discovery, for connection, it can be all of those things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the company focusing on trying to serve as many of their followers in as many ways possible. But yeah, I know I you love this chocolate milk. Well, I, I, I mean, I talked about this a little bit because it just broke when we did the podcast last week, but I love it. And I love it for the reason that you guys said. I mean, I think basically it obsoletes mobile apps too. Like I can just pick what retailers I want to find and actually buy things faster than if I use their mobile apps and I can compare things differently. I can get inspired differently. All the things you said. And it's, I think it's cool to hear Emma say that too, because I, I think she's dead on. I think the question I have for the haters, Emma, for you is, like I think of this like the Apple redesign. Like when Apple redesigns their phone, like I remember an and you got the new phone, you're like, where's the button? It sucks. And I can't use my wife's phone for the same reason. Did but, like, I you, say that? Or yeah, was that well, you? <laughs> well, uh, you you were at first word, like I it was like for a week. But that's my point. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't it, you you get used to it and you hate it for a little, little bit. And so my question to the haters, Emma, is like, but are you gonna give it up? Like no, are the haters gonna not. give it up? <laughs> are they gonna give they're not, right? No. <laughs> and the other point is, I was doing so. I did some research on this. You like this, hand Is there are 130 million new babies born every year? And we have to remember this is it. This is a worldwide thing. That means on app, you know, in a given year, give or take, the math's not exactly right, but there's 130 million new users on Instagram potentially every year. And so every time one of those new users comes on Instagram, they don't know any different. 
It's just how it is. And so like, that's just it. And so if it's creating the behavior that we're talking about, that's, I just think that's super powerful. And I think when you think of it in that context, it's really profound. You start talking about the long-term prospects of Facebook as a retailer, especially sure. in the U.S. Yeah. And like you, like you were saying last week, I mean, it's not, these other retailers are going to have to start thinking about not just how they compete with Amazon, but how they're competing with platforms like Facebook or Instagram as the retailer, the major retailer, especially when discovery is involved. Yeah. As the mall real estate, honestly, Mm -hmm. right. As like the new social form of mall real estate in a lot of ways, but all right. Well, I've got story number four. Uh, We tease this one a little bit. This one is big. Best Buy this week announced that it also will use Instacart for same day deliveries. According to Retail Dive, customers can now purchase products through Instacart's mobile app from local Best Buy locations and select the timeframe for their delivery. Best Buy is now also a part of a growing group of retailers that have now partnered with Instacart and that we have covered on this program. Retailers from the likes of Rite Aid, Bed Bath & Beyond, Staples, Walmart, and Sephora. What do all of those have in common? Well, really, none of them are about groceries. They're about everything the hell else. Man, I don't get this. I don't understand why Best Buy would do this. I know they're local here to us in Minneapolis. This one makes absolutely no sense to me. But Anne, am I missing something? Well, let me play let me play off of that a little bit because here's what I'm imagining is happening at our neighbor's Best Buy. Now, if Best Buy is going to find out, do we in order to compete with Amazon, in order to compete with everybody else out there, especially during this particular time in a pandemic, is this an easy way for them to test what kinds of products people want same day and to figure out if it's an investment that's worth making for them to do over the, you know, throughout the long haul? Does this make sense as, a, as somewhere that they should invest teams and resources? And so I think to do this right now as a test during what will for sure be the most used time because people are at home and are needing things like electronics or their kids are doing virtual learning and they might, you know, be willing to go into the Instacart app and have that experience. That is something that I think is worth a test. Now, I do have a couple of questions around how this is happening and like to some of the points we made on earlier shows about like the whole Instacart subscription and what benefits I get from that. Like it's still not an ideal experience to shop this. If you go through the Instagram app, I think people are used to going to Best Buy. Sorry, Instacart. Thank you. Um, Going into that app and, you know, ordering groceries and other things like one-off things like a charger, things like that. But when you're looking at making major purchases, like some of the larger ticket items, I think you're still going to Best Buy to do that. Now, yes, it's great that I could have that delivered same day, but my bet is that in the long run, Best Buy is going to see that having it available for pickup at one of their, you know, hundreds of stores makes is just good enough and that they probably don't need to have this, this fulfillment, same day fulfillment option for those products. But what do you guys think? So your your player is it's like a short term. You you think this is cool if they're doing it only for the short term. I think I I, I potentially could agree with you on that. Emma, anything to add on this? No, I totally agree. When I first read the headline, I was kind of like, oh, I wonder if they're just kind of testing this out to see if there really is the demand for Best Buy to be delivered the same day. 
Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. Maybe if it's a test, like I can get on board with it, but I think it's even, I think even with tests like this, it's like a slippery slope. Like, you know, you never know how that's going to play out and, you know, is, is a test worth it or can you figure out that a different way versus like, you know, sleeping with the enemy, so to speak, in my opinion, but like, I mean, delivery at the end of the day is a white label service. You're just, you just need to get the goods from one place to the other. There's a lot of people that can do this. But like we talked about last week, now what this is essentially doing is you're putting the mindset of same day delivery and how one might shop around that, which as the pandemic has shown, that's how people are shopping, Mm -hmm. right? It's about convenience. It's always about convenience. Everything we ever talk about on this show comes back to convenience. Now you're putting that into the hands of somebody else who is effectively, like it or not, acting as a retailer. You go on the Instagram app and you shop that way as Instacart. a subscriber. It's Instacart. the card. God, we keep doing I know. it. Thank you. Shopify, Spotify, Instacart, <laughs> yeah, right. Instagram. You guys got to find names that are a little more Yeah, different. right? Can Sorry. we not have tech names? Continue with your point. Right. But like, they are now a retailer. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're a retailer. And Best Buy, you're the one who's always, you know, specialized in like the service, the extra add-on. Now you're saying those things when I know what I want to buy. So say I go to the Google search bar to, and I type it in, I want to find it. And Instacart's now what pops up in there as an option for me, potentially. That's, that's really powerful. So I don't understand that. I mean, I don't understand why retailers in mass, all those ones we named, right? Bed, Bath, Beyond, Staples, et cetera. Why aren't they instead taking the approach of let's invest it's gonna might suck in the short term, but let's invest. Let's fit the fix the front end of our UX, our experience design on our website. Offer the different fulfillment options, and then bid out the delivery to all these different services who are vying for it anyway. I just don't get why that's the approach. Where instead, what it for all intents and purposes, it looks like we're standing up another marketplace retailer that specializes in same day delivery. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. I don't know, Anne, any last thoughts? No, I think you hit it dead on. I mean, we don't know that they didn't bid this out. So we don't know the inner workings of what, what, yeah, we don't exactly how to work, but, but I mean it, the point is there, you, you are, you are sleeping with the enemy. So how are you going? What, what happens next? And that's why I'm sincerely hoping that this is a, a very short term test um, yeah. And you know, that's, a, I should have brought this up too. The, look, look at who we talked about story number two, Target and Walmart have been doing really well. They are not, even though Tar- Walmart had a can understand and the test really small with Instacart, it's like a few stores in California. They are taking the opposite approach. They are trying to do everything I said, especially Target. Like here are all your options on PP. Here's the different ways you can give it. Ship plays into that. Like they're making that happen. Walmart from the conversations I've had with their PR team, they'll go in and manually pick the orders if they need to, because that's how they know it needs to be done in the, in the long term right now right so they'll take the short-term hit so you see very different approaches and maybe it's because they have the capital and the ability to do it right now relative to some of these other players as a stock gap but man i think it's scary and gosh you can see why instacart's i think what 30 billion dollars rumored to be the ipo valuation that's upcoming here pretty soon so pretty crazy all right and you want to close this out i'm going to bring everybody's blood pressure down a little bit um (laughs) well we have a story that will make you all very happy because when you get those gifts that you don't like for Christmas or whatever holiday it is that you're celebrating coming up, you can now return them at Simon Malls. So Simon Property Group announced this week that they are working with the returns technology platform Narvar, and they will accept customers' returns from brands like Levi's and The Gap 
at the concierge desks at some of their malls. Um, so what customers can do, you get something as a gift or you just get a regular return. You have a regular return. You process the return online. You bring the QR code and the product. It doesn't have to be boxed or anything. You bring it to the mall uh, concierge desk. They will take care of that return right then and there. And again, uh, this is live at six malls, the mills at Jersey Gardens and the forum shops at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. So this will continue beyond holiday. They're planning on offering this as a service for the long term. Thoughts on Simon Mall returns. Emma, you going to a mall to return something? No. <laughs> Why not? I'm curious. Hard no. Yeah. Hard no. I, this is important. Why not? I just like... I return everything online and I just mail it. Like, I don't want to go into the mall. I don't want to drive to the mall when I live across the street from three post offices. Like, I just don't want to go into the mall. And even then, if I'm returning something from like Levi's, I'd rather just go into the store and then see what like new products they have. That's kind of how I think about it. Can I ask you something about that too? I'm like, would you like, if given the option, would you rather like go to a, like, the FedEx by your house or the grocery store that has the same capability or someplace that's already part of your like relative routines of life and say the mall. For sure. You would. Okay. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of what I was wondering. Yeah. My I, take on it's the same, man. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's an important clarification. And mm-hmm. Chris, you and I talked about this yesterday, but it becomes more compelling when you start to think about where the future of the mall is headed. And who they're, who malls, especially Simon included, are looking for to fill some of those anchor tenant slots like grocery stores and gyms and things like that. Like that to me starts to make this argument more compelling for the regular returns process, not the, you know, the, the current state of the mall as it exists today. But what were you going to say, Chris? Yeah, no, I think you're dead right. That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, I think it, I don't, I think this is something like the malls have to do, but I don't think this, I think ultimately this sad part of this is why I'm a little short on malls. I don't think this solves anything. Like, I think you almost just have to do it, but I think it still introduces some friction. Like to your point, like as a customer, I go to the mall, I kind of want to turn it to gap because I might get credit for my purchase. I might buy something else at the gap. You know, that might be part of what I want to do. It might not be great for the retailers. Um, you know, I think it's an important aspect to think about, you know, I, I think the more the more interesting thing is really like how do you get all the online people that don't have stores and where do you do those returns? Maybe that gets you into the mall versus the mall, you know, purveyors themselves. But I think it's more about the flow. Like, you know, where do you go in your life and where do you want to be doing that things? That's why the, doing those types of things. That's why I like the happy returns approach so much better. Um, your podcast we just did with them, we're talking about FedEx locations, FedEx locations in Walmart stores. That just makes a ton more sense to me. And so you're right. I think you guys still come back to, and you're right. The only way for malls to get out of this is they have to become a central, more routine part of people's lives than just the thing that we used to go to to discover product on the weekends. When now we can do that with Instagram and now Instacart too. Like I just don't see how that works. And that's going to take a. That's a really hard, hard things to change, especially as you start talking about those lesser tier malls that are maybe like, you know, in you know areas where they already have established grocery stores and don't need another one. Right. No, for sure. Yeah. The only silver lining I think here is that this is contrary to what we were talking about last yeah. week with bringing the physical shops inside the JCPenney's. 
this is showing some investment in how they how the mall owners are thinking about the the things that they're providing for the tenants or consolidated returns points and all these things that I think they realize to your point, Chris, like it's now or never. If you're gonna save this, you've gotta make sure that you're starting to think about things and, and this omnichannel shopping experience for that customer or they're completely gone. Yeah, that's a great way to close. It's like, and actually, partly probably, you know, why we've always had a lens on returns too. It's a good way to kind of test and understand, you know, all the dynamics across the different people are going to need to play into this, how the data and technology flows between what every partner in the equation needs. Simon is taking a leadership position here. That's good. You know, hopefully that helps when you start talking about, you know, curbside pickup design or concierge service design at these, at these malls, which could be much, much more valuable. Um, but yeah, hopefully this at least informs that. So like we said, necessary step, but you know, it's not, by no means going to really, you know, I think turn the ship in any you know major direction. All right. Well, that closes us up. Some fun birthdays today. Happy birthday to Dick Cavett, who I'm sure Emma, the intern has no idea who that is. Meg Ryan, and one of my all-time Freaky Friday favorites, Jody Foster. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news, and our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you, and all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks for always. Thanks as always for listening in. And please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Be sure to check out our new retail concept, urbanroostershop.com, that will launch officially on Monday. And of course, as always, be careful out there. The Omnitalk Fast Five is brought to you by Fast Center. Fast Sensor is the first AI-powered intelligence platform that provides business owners with ROI-focused optimization tools tailored to fit your organization. With Fast Sensor, you can successfully monitor safety, efficiency, and journeys across your organization, from customer flow to queue management to the effectiveness of digital signage and promotions. Visit FastSensor.com to learn more. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com.